Our scripture lesson for today is Exodus chapter 20, verses 1 through 17. This is a passage you probably know as the Ten Commandments. Then God spoke all these words. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol, whether in the form of anything that is in heaven above, or that is on earth beneath, or that is in the water underneath. You shall not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing children for the iniquity of parents to the third and the fourth generation of those who reject me, but showing steadfast love to the thousandth generation of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not make wrongful use of the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not acquit anyone who misuses his name. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. You shall not do any work, you, your son or your daughter, your male or female slave, your livestock or the alien resident in your towns. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them, but rested the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and consecrated it. Honor your father and your mother, so that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving to you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or male or female slave or ox or donkey or anything that belongs to your neighbor. Let's pray. Father, you gave us all these words rules to live by, but Lord, often words that seem to condemn. Help us today to find new life in all these words. Lord, I ask that the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts may be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. Nobody likes rules. Well, almost nobody. I guess there's someone out there who enjoys them. But for many of us, rules are just a downer. We don't get excited about them. Uh, I remember they were the worst part of my summer camp experience as a youth. You know, on Monday morning, we would have to meet in the assembly hall. Uh, one of the staff members would go up front and they would, they would hand out a list of do's and don'ts. And then they would proceed to read through the do's and don'ts to us. It was the worst gathering of the week. Uh, as they told us everything, especially that we were not allowed to do. Now, I understand that the rules were for our own good. They were designed to keep us safe and to have the kind of environment we needed at camp. So they were intended for our good, but to us, they just sound like they spoiled all the fun. Nobody was excited about that time. Rules. They're the worst part of a cruise too. Uh, on the first day of, of any cruise, they have something called a muster drill. It's a lifeboat drill. It's designed to, uh, to protect us in the event of an emergency at sea. But what happens is in the middle of the afternoon or so on that first day, when you're really enjoying your vacation, they stop everything. No food, no drinks, no music, no entertainment. There's no fun. They literally shut down all the stuff you went on the cruise to do. And then you have to go to your muster station, that place where you would meet if there were an actual emergency while you're at sea. And then from there, they would walk us out to our lifeboat, 
station to the place where we would board a lifeboat in the unlikely event of an actual emergency. And you stand there in the, in the heat, packed in like sardines with other cruisers, waiting on everyone to finally get in place. Maybe 15, 20 minutes, maybe a half hour, it feels like three. It is the worst part of the trip. Uh, it's for our own good. In fact, it could save our lives if there actually is a disaster at sea. But on the first day of the cruise, it just feels like a rule that is designed to destroy the vacation. It's a real downer. It's easy to believe that rules exist to spoil our fun. I used to feel that way about the Bible as well. It seemed like a rule book to me. I believed that following the rules might keep me out of hell. Now, that's a good thing that if we follow these rules, maybe we'll get to heaven, maybe we'll avoid hell. And so there's some good things about the rules. But especially as a teenager, it just seemed to be spoiling the fun. It seemed like all of these words were designed to spoil our fun, to take away the fun parts of life. Um, as a teenager, I discovered my concordance in the back of my Bible. That listing of, of the major words that's in the Bible and tells where you can find them, it really brought my rule book to life for me. If I was going on a date or going to the movies or spending time at the lake with friends, I could turn to that concordance and look for words of things we might do as teenagers, uh, things that we of questionable nature that we might do while we're together. I could look for those words in the concordance and then go read scripture verses about those words to find out uh, to, to find out what the Bible said about them. Now, at the time, I would have told you it's because I, I was doing that because I wanted to be faithful. I was searching the scriptures to find out how to be faithful to God as a teenager. But in reflection, if I'm real honest with you today, I was searching the scriptures to see how much I could get away with. I wanted to have all the fun I could possibly have and escape hell at the same time. So I was looking to see what I could get away with. I imagine a lot of people view the Ten Commandments in a similar way. We read this list of Ten Commandments and we want to know how. what's the least we can do and still get by. What's the the least we have to follow to, st to still escape hell. Um, for some, the Ten Commandments form a line that we better not cross or else. You, you break the commandments and you'll bust hell wide open, we might think. And so we, they, they draw a line for us, a, a line that we better not cross if we want to follow God. At the same time, many of us use these same lines, these same commandments, to draw lines between those who are lost and those who are saved, between those on the inside and those on the outside. It's so easy to use these words to judge the behavior of other people. We can look at these words and we can find some way to accuse uh, our enemies or even our friends that we want to pretend we are better than they are. Um, we often tend to be a little bit more forgiving when using these words to think about ourselves. Uh, when we read the Ten Commandments, we may not apply them quite as strictly to our own behavior and our own lives. Uh, almost always, when we use the Ten Commandments to draw a line between who's inside and who's outside, we make sure to draw the line so that we're inside. Uh, never do we put ourselves on the disobedient side of the line. But I'm wondering, 
Did God liberate Israelite slaves from Egypt just to put them into a different form of bondage? Did God perform miracles and lead them through the sea only to put them once again in chains? Do the Ten Commandments form a line that marks the end of one form of slavery and the beginning of yet another form of slavery? Was Mount Sinai a time for a divine scolding? Or was it something else? Maybe the Ten Commandments are not about restriction at all. Maybe they're about liberation. Prior to Exodus chapter 20, Scripture provides only very vague standards for human behavior. Now, people had to behave in order to please God, but they had to guess what that behavior looked like. And the consequences of failing could be serious. I mean, remember the flood? God had not really told humanity all that was expected of them, but they still displeased God, and the entire world, except for Noah's family, was wiped out by flood. Uh, in other Near Eastern religions that were being practiced around the time of that these laws were written, the, those other Eastern religions worshipped lots of finicky gods. You never knew how to please them. What made their gods happy one day might make them, the same thing might make them angry the next day. Some days they liked one thing, the next day it displeased them. In fact, in the Babylonian flood story, the gods destroy the earth, not because people are unrighteous, but because they're noisy. People have become a nuisance to the God, and so the gods just wipe them out. On the other hand, at Sinai, God gives the Israelites an incredible gift of grace. God finally defines godly living. God told people how to live lives of joy and freedom. That's what they're about. The first four commandments are really all about how to love God. The last six commandments are all about loving other people. Uh, God is telling us that when we love God and when we love others, we're going to live lives that are joyful and peaceful. Uh, this is a gift that he's giving to the Israelites, not a rule book, not a way for us to feel condemned or to condemn others. The Ten Commandments are like wedding vows. When we live into that kind of love, we create the opportunity for blessing. They're not about limits, but opportunity. They shape the way that we can be in relationship with God and one another. God gave Moses all these words. All these words are not weapons to keep people out. No, they are grace for inviting people in. Now, this week, we'll be tempted to use the commandments to exclude. We'll be tempted to use them to attack others or to judge others. We'll hear, some, we'll hear someone cuss with God's name. We'll notice people that are ignoring worship or dishonoring their parents or lying or stealing. It's so easy to draw a line between us and them, isn't it? It's so easy for us to stand on our side of the line and point fingers at them. Instead, let's remember that the commandments are a call to love. That God gave all these words to teach us to love God and love others. This week, when we are tempted to judge, instead... Let's draw circles that welcome, that include, that love. Amen.